Hey, Verbivores. Welcome to a new episode of the Verbo Coffee Chat podcast. Today, I'm joined by Heather Dean, Assistant Director at the Iowa State University Bookstore, to talk about the impact of change. Listen in as we discuss how change is evolving the campus store industry. The course materials business has transformed the relationship with those it connects, moving beyond just retail transactions. Learn how the team at Iowa State continues to adapt and thrive as they take on change head-on to create a superior student experience. Welcome to the podcast. I am excited to have you join us today to talk about change, something near and dear to our hearts and something that I feel like you exude and exceed over the course of your career. So welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Lisa. It's an honor to be here. When I think about change management and being in a leadership role at my store, especially in the past two years, it makes me think of a scene from the TV show Friends. And if you're not familiar with it, I'm going to introduce it to you today. I'm a little bit of a Friends fanatic. So there's a character on the show. His name is Ross and he buys a new couch and his apartment is on the upper floor. Clearly there's no elevator in his building. He has his friends, Rachel and Chandler with him to help him carry this couch. They try to get it up the stairs. It doesn't work. They can't make the turn in the stairwell. They bring it back down. Ross takes the time to map out a sketch of what needs to happen to make it work. He gives direction and communication to his helpers. He gets into pure leadership mode. He has a plan. He takes charge. He gives direction. He's being encouraging. And as they start to go through his new plan and go up the stairs with this couch, he's telling them when to turn and he just starts saying pivot and it gets repetitive. He gets louder. It gets more intense because this plan is still not working. And eventually his friend Chandler blows a gasket and just tells him to shut up. And Ross finally admits defeat at that point to get the couch upstairs. Here we go. Pivot. 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 And so I think about this scene and how you could look at it and think, yep, he admitted defeat. It was a complete fail. Or what I see is that he still doesn't give up because it's not over. His couch is stuck in the stairs at this point. So he ends up cutting the couch in half and he takes it back to the furniture store and asks to exchange it. And the store associate offers him $4 in store credit and he takes it with his head held high. So while that wasn't the outcome he was looking for, I think it paints the picture that we make decisions with unknowns, whether we realize it or not, just like he bought this couch and didn't know how to get up the stairs. He wasn't thinking about that when he bought the couch. So we try and we try again and we map out a plan. We communicate differently. And in the end, we have a completely different outcome than what we were expecting. Sometimes it's good or even better than what we were originally planning a huge buzzword the past two years has been pivot. And so I can't help being a fan of this show and you can't not think of this scene. And part of managing change is just looking at things from every angle, not just what comes first to mind. And if you can get past kind of that way of thinking, like being stuck in your head, change becomes a bit more welcoming. 
I could not agree more. And I don't think that there's anything more fitting than that friends episode to describe what it's like to be a campus store manager at this point in time. And in really over the course of many years, I think we're all very hypersensitive to the last two years. But if we look back even a little further, so much change has really happened and evolved even in the last 10 years, right? Absolutely. When I started my career in this industry, which was 13, 14 years ago, the hot topic at that time was HEOA, the Higher Education Opportunity Act, and publishing the ISBNs to the students at the time of class registration. Full-blown transparency is what was being expected of us. And whoa, talk about a complete hair on fire moment in this industry. It was a full conspiracy theory that now we just have to hand over information that we worked really hard to gather and curate just so students can go to Amazon and the internet. Because back then that was our new competitor, the whole online marketplace. I do remember there being grumbling about this topic and my thought on it was we're here for the students and their success, right? So they have a choice on where they want to get their materials from. The world is changing. We've got the internet. We have online shopping. It's not just about your bricks and mortar competitors anymore. And those bricks and mortar competitors are going away and online got stronger. It was a complete disruption. That's a fancy word for change. At that point, you can do one of two things. You can be grumpy about it or you can embrace it. At the end of the day, who cares if they want the ISBN? What they really want, what the root issue is they want affordable materials. So how about we focus our energy on that? And at that point, you've got Verba is born. So collect, compete, and compare. And that within itself was its own disruption, conspiracy theory. But those who embraced it, and I think we can say all these years later, that was a turning point for us in our course materials businesses. And it's all because of that disruption and the change was embraced. That's what innovators do is embrace the change. Shortly thereafter, we watched textbook rental be born in this industry. We've watched inclusive access and the rise in digital options. And now we're moving into seeing this new world of what's going to happen with equitable access, embracing change and looking at things opposite of your initial reaction. That's what innovators do. If it were easy, everyone would be doing it. But what is really cool about our industry is we have this network and we have these partners in our industry that are innovating, but then they're educating us. And we're embracing their changes too, to make us better professionals. It makes us better businesses and it helps us move forward and stay in forward motion. Taking that kind of timeline back and, and looking at some of those things that were so scary. So many years ago, when you say the internet, like the internet was terrifying. And now I, I don't know about you, but I can't imagine living my life without the internet. There's just no turning back. As you look at change and the change that's evolving, think of how in 10 years from now, we're going to laugh at some of these things that were scary to us. It's real, but they're scary to us now. And so I think that's a really great perspective to put out there. And I think the last two years, you've said words like disruption and innovative. And I think that if anything, the last two years have taught us, it's definitely that. It's interesting to look at some of the things that have changed from just a retail side. The campus stores traditionally follow 
what changes within big box retail. And we've seen so many changes with consumer shopping patterns changing. The obviously huge boom of e-commerce over the last 18 months has been dramatic. Also services like curbside pickup, buy online, pick up in store. Those are really revolutionizing the way that these big box retailers are operating and changing their business. During the last two years, we saw a lot of stores follow suit very quickly, maybe adapt to that change quicker than we would have adapted to some other change because it was out of pure necessity. I think another really big change that we're seeing happen at the national retail level is really this move from not just selling someone something and and having a very transactional experience inside of retail, but now it's really broadening to how do you you know, connect all forms of your retail. So how do you connect your e-commerce platform to your in-store experience, to your social experience, and really connect with your customer base on all of those different channels. And I think that for campus stores, that's one of those pieces that maybe we haven't moved to quite connecting yet. Absolutely. And I've said this before, and I'll continue saying it when it comes to our students, when it comes to our customers, even on the retail side of things, we have to meet them where they're at. And so to tie that to course materials and inclusive access and what we're doing with textbooks, the students are in the learning management system. That's where we need to be. That's thinking opposite of our initial reaction. Our initial reaction is we're responsible for collecting adoptions and getting books on the shelves or getting their digital materials available and set up. And then they come to us. No. Now how it is, is we need to go to them and that might feel really hard or just a different way of thinking, but that is what IA programs and equitable access programs are doing is we're meeting the students what they need. It's a convenience factor that you can just click on something. It's just going to be there. It's right on trend too. think about how we watch television and how we listen to music, the days of buying a physical component like a cassette tape or a CD, we're streaming music and it's meeting people where they're at. It's so interesting to see how our industry has evolved over from 10 years ago to two years ago. There's so many aspects that are the same, but so many aspects that are different. So fundamentally at the core, we still collect adoptions. We still sell students items, but the actual how we do that has changed. And I think is going to continue to change, especially as these day one programs have scaled so rapidly. And honestly, we've seen so many institutions really utilize those as their solution to meeting the needs of their students during these changing times. And you said it, I mean, the LMS is where it's at the days of students just walking into your store and and you expecting them to use course materials as your way to gain traffic. That is not the case these days. It's going to where they are. And that change probably feels really uncomfortable. But I think it's so important to call out and make note of because if you're not already moving to that kind of shift in your mindset for your store, um, you're probably already behind the time. Reminding ourselves of all the change that has occurred over the last 10 years helps put into perspective the disruption we continue to face. Keep listening as Heather shares how the team at Iowa State has strategically navigated change to move their campus store forward to meet the changing needs of students. We know things are changing. The industry is changing. Our student expectations are changing. Our friends at Iowa State have changed so many things to continue to modernize the business. Heather, share 
some of the changes that your team has made in such a short time, because I think it's inspiring to understand some of the changes that you've made and, and how quickly you've identified they were needed. So at Iowa State, we have multiple system conversions going on right now as I speak, four to be exact. Our back office POS e-commerce system, we transitioned to NetSuite. We went live this summer and we're continuing with our go live work on the textbook side of things. Number two is our adoptions system. We transitioned to utilizing Verba Collect, which has been 10 years in the making. I've wanted to use it forever, but we finally made the change happen. So that's maybe the inspiration. Don't ever give up. I wanted to use it for 10 years. And so it might seem silly because I know that is something that is just adoptions or that's just part of the textbook cycle, but I'm still very excited about adoptions and even modernizing that process. The third change is our inclusive access management system where we transition to Verba Vital Source to power that for us. And our fourth system conversion that we're experiencing is the university itself is transitioning from a legacy student information system. And as course materials professionals out there listening, how important the SIS is to the operation. So that will be significant here in the upcoming year. I'm, that is a lot. <laughs> Help us digest. How do you identify when, you know, these technology changes, because most of these obviously appear to be technology changes. You are, you know, running a really strong inclusive access program. You guys obviously are a strong performer for overall store operations and sales. How did you know that it was time to make some of these technology changes inside your store? Yeah. So the idea of going through a full back office POS e-commerce system conversion, it's been on the docket for us for probably five years. And so how we approach our business overall is you're constantly in strategic management mode. So you're setting goals, short-term goals, long-term goals. We do take the time uh, to make that part of our conversations. They're not everyday conversations, but we do take the time to stop we need to go to the 30,000 foot view every once in a while to figure out what's working, what's not working, and what can we do to grow the business and serve our customers better and create that experience. We're very pleased with our decision and having a modernized system to allow us to compete. Like you said earlier, the idea of relying on customers and retail traffic in our store, just because the entire student population has to walk through your doors to come purchase their textbooks two or three times a year. We can't rely on that anymore. So we have to meet the customers where they're at and where are they at? They're online. They have expectations because they're shopping with these other retailers with their other experiences. Even at the grocery store, you order your groceries online for pickup now. Who would have thought that'd be something that we're doing now? And that is where we're at as well. We want to remain relevant. We want to meet our customers' needs with modern systems. So we fit in to their consumer buying habits. And we're not this outsider or this outlier of not having an appropriate online experience or not having an appropriate in-store experience, whatever it may be. So those are the things that we're thinking about. We also think about time and human resources. I want my humans to be part of the experience. I want my humans engaging that experience. 
I don't need my humans doing things robots can do. Let the technology do the work that it should be doing this day and age so my humans can go do the human things. So in no way, shape, or form am I trying to get rid of my humans because I have uh, technology enhancements. It's going to make us so much better and we're going to be able to move forward because we've been able to invest in technology that makes our lives easier. We're less stressed out. I don't have to hire people to be constantly in spreadsheets and data. I need salespeople. I need marketing people. I need creativity because that's what makes this an experience, whether you're talking GM retail and even textbooks and course materials. It's exactly right. And especially as you look at moving from just that transactional base to creating those relationships and building that more long-term relationship with your customers, that's exactly it. And there are tools that can help really streamline a lot of processes and workflows and really transition your adoption all the way from adoption collection to content delivery inside that LMS, being able to take advantage of that, like you said, doesn't eliminate the need for humans, but it really allows you to allocate that human aspect to other more important components of your business. And I think that we're seeing that role of course materials transition, and we're seeing a lot of course material managers taking on a greater role with faculty and talking to faculty about adoptions, because that's driving affordability, that's driving access. We're also seeing course material managers take an active role inside the LMS, where it's this almost technical role that maybe we didn't realize we were putting ourselves into, but it's evolving and morphing into to that role. And so it's neat to see how that role has changed. Everyone's backgrounds and history and just knowledge of course materials are still very much needed and important inside these roles, even when you're implementing new technology and tools. How do you bring your team on board to change? Because That can feel like a lot and it can be challenging for someone who maybe done the same process for so many years or they are struggling to understand why it is that they need to change. How do you talk to your team and and really establish that buy-in for change? Our big changes here at Iowa State, in particular with my course materials team, because they're the ones going through the multiple system conversions right now is they've been involved in the discussion from the very beginning. It's not something where I say, all right, everybody, we're gonna switch systems. Here you go, see you later. I work right alongside them and I'm in the technical work. I'm checking in on them. We talk through processes and they're very much involved in the discussion. And it really comes down to what is the end goal? What's the purpose of doing this? You're not changing to make somebody's life more difficult. It's not personal in that sense. The reason we're changing is to create a better experience for our customers and a better experience for our employees. We're trying to make your life easier, not harder, but there is that transition period where we have to learn. And so I think just making sure the team always knows that we're, as long as we're working in forward motion, we're working towards something that says a heck of a lot more than when it feels like I'm stuck in the mud. I can't move forward because I have technology limitations or I have staffing limitations. Those are really difficult hurdles. It truly takes an investment from everyone. And so I think it just circles back around to no matter what your level is in the operation, we had those discussions together and made sure everybody knew. Not everybody gets to be the decision maker, but including them in the conversation from the very beginning, I think has proved to be 
very motivating for the aspect of buy-in. Change is necessary to keep moving your campus store forward and to meet the changing needs of the stakeholders you serve. Up next, we talk through strategies to implement change and keep your campus store in control of your course materials business. And we've talked about change and the need for change and the strategies to help implement change and make it easier. But what are some key pieces of advice that you would have for campus stores maybe struggling to make change or looking to do something different, but really finding themselves maybe stuck in the mud? I think you said earlier, what advice do you have to help those stores move themselves forward and move their course materials programs forward? I think it's taking a look at your entire course materials business and maybe sectioning it off into smaller pieces in the sense of how you're going to approach, perhaps there's a problem, I need to solve it. There's an issue, I need a solution. It's taking a look at each piece within your individual business. You think about the digital component, you think about your traditional print component, you think about the adoptions component, break it into categories, and then start from there. If adoptions, um, it's working, this is our process, we've evaluated all of it, good, check off the list. Things are functioning. Is there a wish list of ideas? Does your team have ideas on how to approach this differently? Did you hear something through the industry updates or from any of your partners of, hey, there's this new approach, or maybe there's been a new release in the technology that we can enhance this process. So I think it just starts there, almost like an audit of your course materials business. That's what consultants do when they come in. They just come in and they just break it down and say, let's talk about each of these different things. Take each of those categories, go to that 30,000 foot view for a minute and figure out how is this functioning? What kind of energy do I need to put into this? Where is this at on the priority list? and then setting goals for each of those particular areas. When you break it down into smaller chunks, it's less overwhelming because then you don't have to look at it as, oh my goodness, what am I gonna do with my entire course materials business? <laughs> and it's too big at that point. You've gotta start breaking it down. And there are so many variables at every single campus. There's no one size fits all approach for your course materials business. And you have to take that into consideration when you're going through it. We have a strong belief that stores should remain in control and have control of their course materials and, and driving these you know, incremental changes along the way and being in control of that change as the campus store leader is really what it's all about. And so I think that's a really good point that you made because that's what we're all here to do. We're here to support each other. We're here to support your store because we know that independent stores serve their students well and can you know, save students more money. Money goes back to the institutions. There's so many benefits for a strong independent store. We're seeing a lot of these moves happen that are really encouraging and, and helping stores evolve to maintaining their independence, making the move where you're not just creating a transaction, but you're creating more of an experience for your students. We're seeing that inclusive access and equitable access programs are really part of that story. And that in, in and of itself is driving a lot of change. It's also to make the point that when it comes to your administration and faculty, you also have to meet them where they're at. You have to talk their language. If you want to remain in control, 
you need to be telling your story. And as cliche as that sounds, because we continue to say that over and over, but that's how you remain in control. It's not an aggressive experience that you have on your campus that you're going to just go in and take charge. It's making sure that you're telling your stories, develop an annual report and have a distribution plan. Take a look at the benchmarking data in the industry and figure out where you are on the map in comparison to your peers. That's the type of stuff that's happening in higher ed all the time. Why can't we be part of that conversation? We are part of that conversation and we have all that information at our fingertips, but at the same time, meeting them where they're at. So they understand that you do have a mission and I think that's something that's worked really well for us at Iowa State. We are in heavy collaboration with our library. So when you think about OER, we're not fighting OER. We think OER and traditional uh, textbook content, that all coexists to create a really powerful thing for student success and learning and teaching strategies. And I'm not an educator, I'm a business person, but at the end of the day, what is the end goal? That's the end goal and OER plays into it. We've been able to combine our efforts to get the attention of administration to say, here's the affordability initiative on campus. It's not just the bookstores affordability initiative, that is self-serving. When it's a campus-wide initiative, when you have all those parties at the table, that is where the impact really lies. And it can start with the bookstore. We started those conversations on campus several years ago, and this is where it has evolved to. And so I know there's a lot of stores out there who've done that. Every campus is built differently. It just goes back to the idea of like, keep changing and keep pivoting and things change with time. The very first time I had a conversation with administration, we were talking about access codes, the little cardboard things you sell behind the counter. And here's where we are today and what it evolved into. But we made sure they were educated and knew what was happening in the industry because I want them to learn about it from me and not others. And the end result is really students, right? Having students be successful, having them have a great experience as they're getting their education. That's what it's all about. I think this is a great way to wrap up as we talk about pivoting and change. And really the reason for that is is your students, is all of our students. It's what we're here for. And so I think that this was such a great conversation and, and so much fun. And really, if you're struggling with change, I think that it's important to go back to the reason that that change is necessary. And when you can look at it from that different perspective, rather than how it may impact you internally, you know, oftentimes it can make change easier to swallow. And really you can keep that end goal as your motivating factor throughout that, that navigating the change. So Thank you so much, Heather. This was awesome. I appreciate your wisdom as always. And I know our listeners do as well. Thanks for having me today. Thanks for listening. And big thanks to Heather for her inspiration and strategic thinking around change. Make sure you subscribe to the Verba Coffee Chat podcast so you always know when a new episode is live.